the time of Jacob's trouble for the Jewish people that was prophesied in Jeremiah 30, verse 7. Has it been fulfilled in the past in the Nazi Holocaust, or is it a period in the future? While Israel is busy making peace with her Arab neighbors in the Gulf, how long will that peace actually last? The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. Shalom, I'm Christine Dark. Has Israel already passed through the horrific time of Jacob's trouble, known also in Scripture as the Great Tribulation? Was Jacob's trouble, in fact, the Nazi Holocaust? Is it going to be smooth sailing for Israel from now on? Or is the sifting and testing period of Jacob's trouble prophesied in Jeremiah 37 yet in the future? even as many modern rabbis teach? Well, first of all, I want to remind you that speculation is futile. Scripture must be interpreted by Scripture. And Jeremiah 37 prophesies that the period that's called Jacob's trouble will be unprecedented. There will be none like it. And a parallel verse is found in Daniel 12:1, forecasting a time of trouble such as has never been since there was a nation. And a third companion verse is the solemn word of Jesus himself, given in his Olivet Briefing. Matthew 24, 21, he said, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Now the word trouble in Hebrew in both Jeremiah 37 and Daniel 12.1 is Strong's number 6869, meaning affliction, anguish, distress, tribulation. So modern rending of Daniel 12.1 goes like this. At that time, Michael, the mighty angelic prince who stands guard over your nation, will stand up and fight for you in heaven against satanic forces. And there will be a time of anguish greater than any previous suffering in Jewish history. And yet every one of your people whose names are written in the book will endure it. Teaching concerning the time of Jacob's trouble is boldly needed at this hour. Many believers are fearful to talk about it for a number of reasons. Let's look at the Jacob's trouble prophecy in its context in Jeremiah chapter 30 verses 1 to 7, where we see that God says, Behold, the days are coming, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Now these are the words which the Lord spoke concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus says the Lord, I have heard a sound of terror, of dread, and there is no peace. Ask now and see if a male can give birth. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in childbirth? 
And why have all the faces turned pale? Alas, for that day is great. There is none like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble. But he will be saved from it. Hallelujah. Now, clearly here we see a progression. First, the Jewish people come home to their own land, and that has happened. And then they are saved after an unprecedented time of trouble. There's going to be none like it, the text says. Now, this sequence did not happen during the Nazi Holocaust. The devastating Holocaust and the unspeakable pogroms of the past were not followed by miraculous deliverances for the Jewish people. As I study Bible prophecy, I see that God has a twofold purpose for the time of Jacob's trouble. First of all, it will bring Israel to salvation. And secondly, it will bring judgment on nations that have hated Israel and that have refused to repent. It's interesting that the growth of the number of Messianic believers since the miraculous Six-Day War in 1967, reveals that Israel has entered a time of change and favor. The overall consensus of end-time prophecy in the Bible is that first Israel returns to the land in a state of unbelief, and then God pours out His Spirit on them and eventually reveals the Messiah to the entire populace. We know Him to be Jesus. Yeshua is His Hebrew name they are going to meet Yeshua. Now, there's a principle in biblical prophecy that there can often be a partial fulfillment before a final fulfillment. The time of Jacob's trouble is a final period of correction for Israel. Listen to verse 11 of Jeremiah chapter 30. I am with you and will save you, declares the Lord. Though I completely destroy all the nations among which I scattered you, I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but only in due measure. I will not let you go entirely unpunished. When God's discipline of Israel is accomplished, then the final redemption will come. They will be acceptable in His sight, and once again they will be His people. Verse 22 of Jeremiah 30 says, So you will be my people and I will be your God. This spiritual revival has not yet taken place, but it will happen. Furthermore, Jewish people living outside the land will be regathered because a divine decree will be sent out. And Jeremiah 30, 24 says all of this will happen in the latter days, the end times. Now remember, a Bible principle concerning prophecy is that Scripture should interpret Scripture. So, for example, Ezekiel 39.25 teaches the same things. It says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name. Also, Joel 3.1 prophesies the same. God says, for behold, in those days and in that time, I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. Also predicting the same scenario are verses from Amos chapter 9, where God says, I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel, and they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. 
and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine. They shall also plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. So many times we have visited these vineyards and gardens. But why aren't the churches teaching these prophetic facts? For many years I have lived in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 because these chapters are some of the clearest, most prophetic passages in the Bible concerning the end times. These chapters describe a hinge, a turning point in Israel's future about the revival to come. For example, Ezekiel 39.22 says, So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. After Israel's enemies are miraculously defeated in the future Ezekiel war. There are many connections between these passages and the prophecy of the time of Jacob's trouble. All of these verses speak of the massive return of Israel to God in the latter days after a period of punishment and chastisement. Now, taking various prophecies in the Bible, Bible scholars see a timeline, an order of events that begin with a gathering of the Jews back to their ancient homeland. However, the secular nation will not be complete at that point in the eyes of the Lord. This is because Israel is often beset with the same national sins that are overtaking all the other, especially Western nations. So the time of Jacob's trouble is sent by God to correct their unbelief. God saves Israel after an invasion from the north of a confederacy of nations. And then all of Israel will acknowledge God. And the Bible says he will no longer hide his face from them. As Isaiah 8:17 says, the Lord hides his face from the house of Jacob. As the Hebrew for Christians website explains, the phrase hiding of the face is Hester Panim in Hebrew. It is often used when discussing the book of Esther, for example, where God's name is never directly mentioned, yet his hidden hand controls the narrative. As the rabbis teach, Hester Panim is like an overcast day. Just because we don't see the sun doesn't mean it isn't there. However, sometimes the concept of God's hidden face refers to the terrible reality of the withdrawal of God's presence. For example, in the New Testament, Romans 1.28 says that God can give up individuals and nations to a reprobate mind. In some cases, God deliberately hides his face to cause an individual or nation to return to him. As it's written in the Psalms, it was good for me that I was afflicted so that I might learn your statutes. The sense of divine absence, the dark night of the soul, can be a gift that should cause people to seek the Lord's face. Well, James 4, 8 admonishes, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Now, the prophet Zechariah in chapters 12, 13, and 14 paint a portrait of the time of distress when Israel will look upon the Messiah whom they pierced and they will go into deep national mourning for him. I'm talking about this all the time because one age, the times of the Gentiles, is finishing. And a new age is being birthed, not the age of Aquarius, which purports that humanity takes control of the earth. That's new age philosophy, unbiblical. But the age of the future is the rising again of Israel 
and the restoration of the Davidic kingdom to Israel with Yeshua as King Messiah. This is happening because the God of Israel is a covenant-keeping, faithful God. Despite the false replacement theology of some theologians, God is not finished with Israel. We see Israel in the news every day, and we see many signs of Israel's national revival. And why aren't the churches talking about it? For example, it never ceases to amaze me in the cathedrals of this world. Scripture lessons are routinely read about Israel and end-time prophecies as they come up year after year in the lectionaries. But the lessons are read matter-of-factly as if the words are irrelevant when, in fact, these verses are unfolding in real time. Although Bible prophecies about Israel are being fulfilled before our eyes and are read publicly every week in churches, the words just don't seem to register on the minds of most people because they are spiritually asleep. It was a foregone conclusion amongst Jesus' disciples that the Davidic kingdom would be restored. However, they just miscalculated the timing. After the resurrection of Jesus and just before his ascension into heaven, his disciples came to him, and seeing that he was alive and had triumphed over death, they asked him a very obvious question in Acts 1.6. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? To them, it seemed the only logical thing to do. But Jesus' answer surprised them. He said that before he restores the kingdom to Israel, and that will happen, first, they had a job to do. First, they must preach his gospel of the kingdom for a witness to all nations. And then, he said, the end of the age would come. Meaning only after the gospel was preached worldwide would the age of the Gentiles finish. And then his thousand-year millennial kingdom on earth would begin. So right now, you and I are living in a transition period from one age to the next. We're living between the times of the Gentiles and the rising again of Israel the second coming of Jesus, to establish the Davidic kingdom. Our day requires a great deal of discernment, prophetic optimism, endurance, and spiritual warfare. But many believers are being naive, and others just don't have a basic grasp of what the Bible teaches about the end times. Many need guidance in elementary matters of faith, such as how to stand on a Bible promise, to receive an answer in prayer. The lack of maturity and the disinterest in biblical prophecy alarm me because people will be caught unaware when Jesus returns suddenly. No wonder Jesus said the last days would be like the days of Noah when the flood came suddenly and just washed them all away. As Paul said, many believers by now should be teachers of God's word but instead they are perpetual babies. They're unable to interpret the clear signs of the times outlined for us in the Bible. Both Israel and the church are spoken of in Scripture as mysteries. The purpose of the times of the Gentiles is to complete the mystery, the revelation of the church. And the mystery of the church is taught, for example, in the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. But the purpose of the time of Jacob's trouble is to complete the mystery concerning Israel. We 
which is explained in Romans chapter 11. A parallel is happening today, similar to when the Jewish patriarch Jacob returned to the promised land. Do you remember Jacob was the grandson of the father of faith, Abraham? Jacob, who had secured the blessing of God from his twin brother Esau, had to escape to biblical Haran to avoid his brother's wrath. Only when Jacob returned to his homeland was his name changed by God to Israel, meaning prince with God. The return of Jacob from serving under his uncle Laban is a prophetic picture of Jacob's descendants today who were returning to the promised land after a long exile in the nations. Anti-Semitism is driving the Jewish people home. The dream of Jewish visionary Theodor Herzl for a homeland triggered the modern-day Zionist movement, drawing the Jewish people back to their ancient homeland. Well, in Genesis chapter 31, Jacob heard Laban's sons complaining that Jacob had taken everything their father owned. He noticed their attitude toward him had changed. Likewise today, the Jews are finding themselves once again in disfavor in many lands because God himself is driving them home. So in Genesis 31, the Lord said to Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives and I will be with you. In the same way, the Zionist movement is God's hand in history, sending the Jewish people back to their own land. Many Christians are encouraging the Jewish people to make Aliyah, to immigrate at this time. Many Messianics and Evangelicals don't believe that Jacob's trouble is a future event. They think the Holocaust was the ultimate Jacob's trouble. Yet others believe that the Bible teaches there are more birth pangs for Israel in the future before the return of Jesus when he finally corners them and redeems regathered Israel. So one of my struggles in ministry has been to get to grips with what the Bible actually teaches concerning Israel's future. Has Israel's time of hiding in cellars, attics, and closets been a thing of the past in the diaspora as they were scattered among the nations? Or will the Jews who have reestablished the nation of Israel be forced to retreat to the mountain strongholds of Basra and Petra in Jordan as many eschatologists teach. An eschatologist is one who teaches about the end times. Those who don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture label the so-called pre-trib evangelicals as escapists. So-called pre-tribbers are being accused of being selfish by wanting to escape the horrors to come under the government of the Antichrist. But I ask, is that selfishness or just wisdom? Christian Zionists who were pre-tribbers are even accused of being disloyal because they are, among other things, watching for the appearing of the Lord. Thus, they're willing to leave their Jewish brethren behind to face the Antichrist in the Great Tribulation. To me, it's not a matter of leaving the Jewish people behind, but simply of being loyal first and foremost to King Messiah. When the true church of all born-again believers is suddenly completed and removed, then God will shift his focus once again to the Jewish people and the salvation of Israel. The third temple will be built, but the prophesied man of sin, the Antichrist, will commit an abomination that causes desecration. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians 2.4, 
the Apostle Paul prophesied that the Antichrist will set himself up in the temple of God and demand worship. It's probable that a seven-year peace covenant mentioned in Daniel 9.27 will include the rebuilding of the temple. However, I don't believe the identity of Antichrist will be revealed until after the rapture of the church. This is because the scriptures foretell that the ultimate Antichrist in his mandatory marking system cannot be revealed until a restraining order from God is removed. The nation of Israel goes into the time of Jacob's trouble and is redeemed in this time period. This future period of world history is not called the time of the church's trouble. It's called specifically the time of Jacob's trouble in Jeremiah 37. But he, Jacob, will be saved out of it. In the meantime, we mustn't confuse God's program for Israel with God's program for the true church. There are, of course, individual Jews who are saved in the church age and who will be raptured. They'll be part of the one new man of Jew and Gentile together in the church. But Jacob's trouble is a time of distress not specified for the church. Its entire purpose is to redeem Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel in the Torah. So God has a program for Israel in which they will go into the time of Jacob's trouble but they will be saved in the midst of it. The time of Jacob's trouble was never predicted for the church. The church was promised, in fact, in Revelation 3.10 to be saved out of it. But the good news is that Israel will be redeemed at this time. God will intervene to protect the Israeli remnant supernaturally. And they will be the chosen ones with whom the returning King Messiah, Jesus, will begin his millennial rule on earth. The prophet records in Zechariah 13:9 that God will bring a remnant through the fire and purify them. God says, I will refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call on my name and I will answer them. I will say, these are my people and they will say, the Lord is our God. This verse does not refer to a remnant in the church. So the church must learn to distinguish between God's program for the church and God's plan for Israel. Prophetic passages in Zechariah and Jeremiah 30 and so forth apply to Israel and not to the church. After the church is raptured, catastrophic judgments will be poured out on this planet, engulfing the entire world as God purposes to test and judge the earth dwellers in the tribulation period. As Jeremiah 30 and Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39 clearly teach, it is only after this salvation from the time of trouble that the kingdom is restored to Israel. Hosea chapter 3 is so important in this regard. Verses 4 to 5 explain all of this concerning Israel's history and destiny very succinctly in just a few words. That passage says, For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, without an ephod, without teraphim. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. That's an idiom for Messiah. And they shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Since the dispersion and scattering of the Jewish nation by the Romans nearly two millennia ago, 
the Jewish nation did indeed remain without any royalty or priestly functions. However, the many days that this prophecy predicted will soon be over because we have seen the return of the Jewish people to the Holy Land as Hosea chapter 3 prophesied. And now, I'm an eyewitness, they are beginning to seek their king day by day, and many are fearing the Lord. Although part of the prophecy has already come to pass, the second part will be fulfilled when national repentance happens and they summons their true Messiah. All these events, as Hosea and Ezekiel have prophesied, will happen in the latter days, the Bible says, the end times. And this reality is backed up by the weeping prophet Jeremiah, who has stated that it will come to pass in the latter days when the nation of Israel will understand the reason for the necessity of the time of Jacob's trouble. Now, in Hosea 5.15, God prophesied that he will abandon Israel for a season, only a season. He said in that verse, I will go and return to my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. In their affliction, they will seek me early. Amen. God is saying here that he will no longer hide his face from the nation of Israel. What exciting times we are privileged to be living in. But meanwhile, I'm deeply concerned at the level of deception that's in our nations today. The best safeguard against false teaching is the regular study of this Word of God with prayer for the teaching of the Holy Spirit as we study. This Bible was given to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Neglect of this Word makes anybody susceptible to deception. Now I want to pray for those of you who were weary and wounded. I ask the Lord to bring complete and total healing to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know these are difficult days, but Lord, release your healing power straight from your throne into our spirits, souls, and bodies. Reinvigorate and rejuvenate your weary people all across the globe. We decree and declare that your gospel is going to go forth and that the spiritually oppressed people of this earth are being set free, not by might nor power, but by your spirit. Abba Father, endow each and every one in the mighty name of Jesus with a double portion of courage, grace, and strength at this time. In the meantime, please explore our website, exploits.tv, which reports on current and end-time events relating to the church and the nation of Israel. At our website and our Jerusalem Channel YouTube site, we offer you a library of videos 24-7, and we also invite you to sign up for our free electronic magazine called Exploits, based upon Daniel 11.32, which declares that people who know their God will be strong, not weak, and will accomplish exploits, meaning will do the works of the Lord in the remaining time before His imminent return. Please feel free to share your thoughts with me on the social media and on your phones or tablets. There's plenty to check out through our free Jerusalem Channel mobile app. Well, today I want to leave you with Isaiah 49, 15 to 16, where it says, Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, the Bible says, they may forget. Yet God says, I will not forget you. Behold, he says, I have carved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are forever before me. 
Those marks in God's hands are the nail prints in the hands of Jesus. And he's going to have them throughout eternity as a memorial that his hands were pierced to save the entire world, both Jew and Gentile, for all who put your faith and trust in him. Jesus was sent by God to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a sin debt we could not pay. Amen. Well, until next time, I'll always be contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem. Shalom. I'm Christine Dorick, Maranatha.